You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Dave Archer's here with us. And Arch, last week of the season, we made it. Um, we're not where we want to be, though, right? We'd love to be talking about the playoffs and maybe making a run. But there's still a lot at stake, and, you know, it starts with the quarterback. And we had Coach Arthur Smith on earlier this week, and we were asking him, how do you evaluate with just four games? Is it enough? What, what Do you think he's passed the eye test, in your opinion, Dave? Absolutely, uh, Carl. And I, and I know there's there's still some things. You'd like to see him throw for 300 yards and all those kind of things. But I think his, his ability – to uh, to operate the offense, his ability to not be wowed by a situation, namely going to New Orleans and playing down there, playing in, in, in against a really good Baltimore defense in a five degree weather, uh, to be able to come back home, win a football game at home, and now he gets to close out the show and hopefully win one more game at home. Um, I think he's done a lot of stuff that shows you he's a leader. He's shown the arm strength. He's shown the athleticism. Numbers, yeah, you could. It, would you like to have 300 yards? I'm not sure that he's been given the opportunity to maybe ring that kind of that kind of number or yardage up, based on the way the game's been called for him. But I think you certainly see he has the goods, and I think more than anything else, it's the mental ability to handle those situations that is discussed, but also his ability to adjust week to week, game plan to game plan. He's had to adjust to four different game plans now to get ready to play, and that gives you an idea of what kind of worker the guy is. He's one of the first guys. Talk about this all the time. Guys that are first in the building. The guy gets there at 6 in the morning. He Arthur was having to race to beat him in the building. Even when he wasn't starting, he was trying to beat him in the building. But that, and that was when that was when Desmond was starting. Right. So the guy's got the work ethic. I think the goods are there, no question. It is Dave Archer breaking it down. I thought we saw some stuff in the game against Arizona that uh, the beautiful throw, he drops it right in the bucket to Demir Bird. That's when Demir Bird got his arm hacked and there was a no call on the pass interference. Should I, I mean, I'm not trying to make excuses, Arch. I mean, CP84 catches that touchdown pass. He's got his first TD as well and a come from behind victory. Yeah, he's made a lot of good throws, Mike. It was some throws in the Baltimore game and that frigid temperature up there where he threw a, a deep out route to the wide side of the field. He put it right on Bird along the sideline. Uh, he made the throw that I think we talked about on your show last week where he, he slid up in the pocket and threw that little sidearm shortstop blast across the middle to, to Drake London for the first down. Uh, he makes the key throw in New Orleans on fourth down to extend the drive. Drake fumbles the football, of course, and that all ends the wrong way. How about the throw he made last week? It's uh, 153 left in the game. It's third and seven. He steps up in the pocket in a full pattern setup, looks one way, pans back to the left, and puts it right on Michael Pruitt for a first down to extend that drive and essentially seal the football game. At that point, you were able to run it, burn all their burn their one remaining timeout left, and kick a field goal to win it. But you put your quarterback up the bat on third and seven right there. Some some coaches might have just run the football there and then held on and hoped their defense was able to get a stop. 
They didn't do that. They put it on Desmond Ritter to make a play, and he did. Uh, I think you've seen enough where you're, you're seeing the throws, you're seeing the situational football. Uh, he's got a lot of way, long way to go. He's, he's growing, no question. I'm not saying he's a finished product by any stretch of the imagination, but I love the tools you got to work with. What are you expecting from the Bucks on Sunday? Um, you know, we've debated all week whether or not these starters are going to play. We talked to our buddy Rick Stroud down there. Rick's like, listen, Todd Bowles is saying these guys are going to play. I don't believe it, Dave, but do you? Well, I think it would be stupid for them to do what they're talking about doing. I think both their tackles are down. Worse is, is essentially dragging a leg. They need huh. to get him some rest, so he needs to stay out of the game. If you're not going to play your two tackles, why would you play Brady in the game? Uh, that doesn't make any sense to me. Get Kyle Trask in the game. Get him some snaps. Take a look at him if you want to in the future. Remember, who knows if Tom Brady's coming back for Tampa next year. Wouldn't you like to take a look at the other quarterback? Maybe give him a, a, a game to get in and play. Uh, but it sounds like they want to go ahead and play, guys. The one thing you have a problem with, Carl, is you know this is not a, a college roster. So you've got 48 guys that are going to be eligible to play or regu- uh, ready to play on game day once you decide who the inactives are. There's not a lot of backups. There's not a lot of guys, okay, who are you going to sit down? You're going to sit, uh, does Levante David and Devin White get to sit down? I mean, they would like to sit down too. I mean, I'm sure that there's some guys in the back end that would like to sit down. Maybe some of those guys up front. But what do you do? You don't have enough guys to do that. So um, that makes it tough to, to, to try to rest everybody. Now, Brady's a different animal, and I certainly would rest Brady, uh, not because resting him, just keep him out of the fray for you might, be able, might not be able to protect him. So O-line injuries, uh, they still got a good defensive front. Okay. Um, we were watching the game from up in the stands. By the way, Dave Archer, if you just tuned in, it's the Idaho Rail Splitter. And we're going to talk about the championship game coming up in a bit. He's with us here on the WadeFord.com hotline. When I watch from where I'm sitting up high, Arch, it seems like sometimes the routes, the separation isn't necessarily there. Or is it still they have a running back who then eventually pops out because he's in there for protection. And he's making the smart plays, Ritter, checking down, taking what the defense has given him. And that's what that's all Arthur Smith is looking for. Well, I think that you gotta you got to play the keyboard, if you will, Mike. If there's an available shot like the Michael Pruitt throw, you're going to make that throw. Right. Um, so you're reading it out. Um, you certainly don't want to shove the ball into coverage and put it in harm's way if you could drop it off to a guy like CP or, or uh, Algier in the flat and, and get them to run and catch with the, or catch and run with the football. But, yeah, I think that there's, there's been times where guys have created some separation. There's, you know, the window of opportunity in the National Football League is not like it is in college where you got guys wide open. If a guy gets clean by a step or he's got a little bit of a number in front, those are shots you got to take. And I think that's part of the growing process that you'll continue to see Des make. I think he's made some of those throws, and that'll continue to come. But uh, it doesn't, doesn't necessarily get presented in four, four games. And that goes back to what you were talking about, Carl. Have you seen enough? I've seen enough arm strength. I've seen enough decision-making. I've seen enough command. Now we need to see him make uh, more of those tight window throws, which we've seen over the last couple of weeks. Arch, talk about the importance of Tyler Algier and what he's meant this season. You know, I was debating with some friends of mine about who's the MVP, right, offensively, and we know what has, has happened at quarterback and all that stuff, and then Pitt's going down. And I said, I said Algier. Yeah, it'd be a hard place to, to not go there, Carl. I, I, I completely understand what you're saying. 900 yards rushing. He's got a chance to eclipse uh, William Andrews' all-time record of just over 1,000 yards rushing for a rookie. Um, and think about it. I mean, he was inactive in week one. Um, he, was a, he was a healthy scratch. He didn't even play. He didn't even suit up in week one. Uh, and then they brought him in and started working him into the, into the fold a little bit. 
but he's been more than they could possibly have thought. I mean, I think they did a really good job of scouting him. I thought Terry Fontenot and his staff did an amazing job of finding him. Remember, they got him in the fifth round. This is a guy that had 1,600 yards rushing at BYU last year, a guy that 70% of his yardage came after contact. We've seen that come to life right here this year, the way he runs through people. I think the thing that's really caught him off guard is his nimbleness once he gets clean, his ability to get to the edge with some quickness, or when he's in between the tackles, once he runs through somebody, then step around and now accelerate. And then catching the football in the backfield caught me completely off guard. So he is, he is a gem, no question about it. And you'd be hard-pressed to find anybody on the team that's a more valuable player than he is this year. And such a, I mean, so, so much fun to watch, man. Just hitting that, hitting that line like a cannonball. All right, big man, let's uh, talk about the big game coming up on Monday. You uh, cover Big 12 on the radio. Uh, you know a lot about TCU. We'll start there. We spent a lot of time today and the last week with all the other analysts talking about how Georgia's defense not getting pressure. Secondary, obviously, it, they, they have to pay the price for that. So how does Georgia get heat on Duggan, and how does Duggan respond? Well, first of all, Mike, and, and, and I know there's been a narrative, media has per- perpetuated this narrative that there's that TCU's playing with house money. I, I can't think of anything that's more ridiculous in my whole life in hearing that a team that's playing for a national championship TCU has as much to lose in this football game as Georgia does. If you want to make the house money an analogy, you say that about Georgia. They won it last year, so they're playing with house money. It's stupid. You know, these guys are going to have this one opportunity. TCU's they won their national championship in 1938. Can you imagine what the, the pressure's on these guys, the way they want to win this football game? I want to just dispel that analogy that they're playing with house money. If you're a guy that can make the analysis or make the analogy – that, okay, well, at least we got this far. If we lose the yeah. game, then at least we got this far. You're a loser. You're never <laughs> going to win a championship. None of those guys in TCU's locker room is going in saying, hey, look how far we got. Look at us. We were picked seventh in the conference. They don't care anything about that. That's a media precipitated site situation. It drives me crazy. Sorry about that. I had to do a little soapbox no, no. where you did it. No, no, and, and, and for the record, uh, I took TCU. I'm not part, you know, I'm not media. I don't, I don't sit in the press box. Back to you, Archer. <laughs> Georgia, this is a situation where Georgia is going to face a quarterback that is probably a combination of the two guys they faced the last two weekends. They got a better runner than C.J. Stroud, albeit C.J. Stroud heard him running the football, and they've got a better passer than Jaden Daniels, the guy they saw, and Garrett Nussmeyer, the guy they saw at the LSU game. Okay, those two quarter, those three quarterbacks combined have thrown for 850 yards and seven touchdowns on Georgia. You think they better get pressure on Max Duggan? He's better than those three guys, okay, in my opinion, from an overall quarterback perspective. Run it, throw it. Um, so that therein lies the game. Can Georgia pressure him without bringing extra guys? If they bring extra guys, this is a receiver core that's as good as anybody in the country. And don't think TCU is – they've played some teams now. If you don't – whether it's a full team or not, Texas's offense is as talented as Georgia's offense is. Okay, and I know Georgia fans are going, oh, what are you talking about? Xavier Worthy is as good as any receiver Georgia's got. That's who plays for Texas, okay? Bijan Robinson might be the best running back in the country. They took him away in the game against Texas. Okay, so let's calm, our, calm it down to where TCU is not on the same level from an athletic standpoint or the ability to compete against Georgia. I think, I think this is going to be a hell of a football game. I think Georgia's experience is a big deal in the game. I think Stetson's experience in the game is a big deal. And I think that gives Georgia the edge. Um, 
Here's the thing, though, Arch, as we talk about this game, and I, and I love your analysis of this. It's Dave Archer, guys, joining us. We're talking about the national championship game on Monday. And this is what I said to start the week. If you're not giving this team credit, you're not paying attention. And, and I think the wins that they've had against top-ranked opponents, those top 25 teams, you know, Dave, I think it was three or four of those games. They had to come back. So they know what it's like to be down in a game. And if Georgia's able to get up early, it's not like the game's going to be over. This isn't Mizzou or somebody else that you go, oh, well, they'll just roll. I, I think that's part of their DNA, this particular team with TCU. Well, and I'm going to use a word that Mike loves to use that when he sees somebody, and he doesn't use it very often, and I applaud him for this, but he likes to use the word clutch. When a team has a clutch gene, that's not team. Teams don't have that very much. I think Georgia has some of that. TCU has a clutch gene in them. I, I don't know what it is, Mike, Carl. I don't know what it is, but they have had, they've been in trouble yep. in, a, in, in three or four games this year and have had, been able to turn it on defensively and offensively, not just Max Duggan going and making plays. They shut Kansas State out in the second half. They were down 28-10 to 10 going to their final drive to start the, uh, the first half. They went on a 93-yard drive and then answered the very next drive coming out of the third quarter with a 75-yard drive to pull that back to 28-24, and they shut out Kansas State in the second half. Now, I know everybody's saying, oh, wait a minute, Alabama crushed Kansas State. Uh, don't, don't, don't look at that. Look at the, the, the matchups and the way they unfold for team to team. TCU and Georgia is a different matchup than Ohio State and Georgia or TCU and Michigan. So you're going to have to sort it out based on the matchups and how these two teams look at each other. And one last question, Arch, because we gamble on these games. Is it going to be high scoring? Uh, you know, we had Danny Cannell, and he thinks it might go under, but that would mean somebody's doing a hell of a job on defense. 62.5 kind of gets you definitely in that region of the Ohio State-Georgia score. Yeah, it's two teams that are really pretty good on third down. Mike, on third down defense, Georgia's number two in the country, 27%. TCU not very much further behind at about 34% on third down. So you're looking at moments. Can you win the moments? Both teams are extremely efficient in red zone on offense. Georgia and, and, and TCU very close to one another as far as executing touchdowns in the red zone. TCU has the, has the benefit of, of the turnover ratio. They're plus nine. Georgia's minus two. Georgia cannot turn the football over. All that being said, I think that both these teams are on a high of, of scoring points. I think you're looking at a game in the 30s. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. 
Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com.